Innovating Innovation We've already seen that innovation is very much about survival and growth of all kinds of enterprises. Old Charles Darwin had it right. It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It's the one that's most adaptable to change. So our innovation imperative really teaches us a number of important lessons. Survival isn't guaranteed in a turbulent environment. Innovation is essential. It's not a luxury. If we don't change what we offer the world and the ways we create and deliver that, we may simply not be around. Large companies do fail, and it's even harder for startups. It's the same in the public sector and in the world of social innovation. So we need adaptability. It's not necessarily about being big or having lots of R&D, big brains, but it is about adaptability. So recipe for success, well, we saw before, organizations that have survived have a vision and a commitment to innovation that lasts over time. They innovate in all sorts of different directions, not just one trajectory, but many different directions. And they're prepared to change their underlying model for doing innovation. Now, here's a little map. You can see the way these axes work. Along that horizontal, we move from low uncertainty to high uncertainty, all sorts of things going on in the world outside. And on that vertical axis, how far could we get away with doing what we've always done? Now, if you ask most organizations to put themselves on that map, they're probably going to say something like this. Of course, the world is changing. We can't be the same. We have to innovate. That's the kind of message that drives the website stories that tell you that this organization believes in innovation. Innovation's working for the customer. It's all about innovation. Of course, everybody wants to be there. There may be one or two who say, yeah, actually, we understand the way the world is changing. And what we can do is use some of these new opportunities, new technologies, new market conditions. We can change the game. We can be a bit like a wizard actually rewriting the rules. Now, that's classically where entrepreneurs sit. They see opportunities that others haven't seen yet, and they make things happen. But those are two very positive views about innovation. Trouble is, what we also know when we think about it is that innovation, despite people wanting to be above that line, may not always take place that way. Organizations may particularly find themselves dragged below the line. They carry on doing the things they've always done. They approach innovation in the same old way, even though the world is changing and possibly the tools and techniques available to others are changing the way that game works. Or we have this kind of corner, the sleepy corner, where things aren't changing fast, so we can just doze off because the world is going to stay the same. Unfortunately, it isn't. Now, what we really need to do if we're serious about innovation is be prepared to look right across at this map and be prepared to think about innovating our approach to innovation. Let's look at an example. It's not just about innovation capability. Take IBM. That's a household name. We all know IBM. Now, right back in the 1960s, this company was very much the entrepreneurial leader, creating a whole new industry in just the way that Henry Ford helped create the car industry. 
This is a picture, in fact, of the Model T equivalent. This is the IBM 360. And it was the classic mainframe that you could find in so many large organisations. And IBM wasn't just someone who said, we believe in innovation, we've had a lucky idea. They committed, spent billions of dollars on research and spent a great deal getting really close to their customers. Great marketing effort. To the point that they became quite literally a textbook example. This is a very famous book called In Search of Excellence, came out in the 1980s. And it's basically a very simple recipe book. The message is, if you follow what these great companies do, you'll probably be doing all right. And IBM is one of the core cases. However, despite being literally a textbook example of how to do innovation and grow successfully, in the 1990s, they hit crisis. Huge challenge, thousands of jobs, tens of thousands of jobs lost, billions of dollars lost, the company in serious crisis, to the point that people wondered whether this was the end of IBM. Now, fortunately, this gentleman, a man called Lou Gerstner, came along and changed the business model, changed the way IBM approached what it did, including the way it approached innovation. And the good news today, of course, is that IBM is very much a successful business, but a very different kind of business, very much around services rather than computer boxes. So we really need what we could call dynamic capability, the ability to step back and think again about the kind of innovation we do and the way in which we carry that out. And we've seen lots of examples from the 100 Club, Stora, Enso, Merck, 3M, the Marshall Group, Heller, Philips, Procter & Gamble. There's a long list of companies that have survived for over a 100 years, not by doing the same thing, but by changing. Changing what they offer the world, changing their processes, the way they create and deliver those offerings, and stepping back and sometimes changing their entire innovation model. Now, to help underline this, let's meet the Red Queen. Now here she is, wonderful pictures, but basically the Red Queen is a wonderful character in the Alice in Wonderland books. She comes in fact in Alice Through the Looking Glass. And there's a very interesting challenge associated with this character, the Red Queen. Basically, whatever else you do, never try and play chess with her, for three very good reasons. First of all, she keeps changing the rules. You think you're playing chess, but it's not by the rules you're familiar with. Even worse, she'll suddenly change the game. You think you're still playing chess, but she's moved on to another game. But the really challenging reason for why you shouldn't play chess with her, this is normal in her world. She knows how to do this. And so in that kind of world, we have to think about a very different approach. Now, there's a wonderful scene in the book where Alice and the Queen have been running really, really fast. And at one point they pause for a moment and Alice said, still gasping for breath, well, in our country, you'd generally get somewhere else if you'd run very fast for a long time, as we've been doing. To which the Queen requires, replies in a very imperious voice, huh, that's a slow sort of country. Now, here you see, it takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. Now, this is a metaphor, of course, for the challenge we have in managing innovation. 
The problem is always the same. As we've already seen, innovation is always about creating value from ideas. But we're trying to do this in a constantly changing context. Essentially, we're dealing with or trying to deal with multiple simultaneous sources of change. This is not easy. Think about it. Think of all the things that are driving our environment in which we have to innovate. Technology, and with that the explosion of knowledge. We have no idea how much knowledge is in the world today. We do know something about the rate at which we create it because we can measure R&D statistics. And we have something like $1,600 billion of new knowledge coming on stream every year. That's what's spent in the public and private sector around the world. So a huge explosion of knowledge, and it's happening all over the world. Even tiny countries like Singapore are now major players in the game. That, of course, is matched by globalization in the marketplace. We're talking about 7 billion people, and they're all now becoming key players in our thinking about innovation. But those markets are fragmenting. They're not people all wanting the same thing as they might have been in the days of Henry Ford. We're talking these days of mass customization, trying to tune products and services to what individuals want and different regions of the world want. We're also worrying about things like sustainability, environmental pollution, climate change, the limits to the resources on our single planet. We're worrying about political instability. The list goes on and on. Quite simply, we're trying to deal with a lot. And so, when we think about this, this is very much Red Queen world where we're coping or trying to cope with multiple simultaneous sources of change. And in a world like that, we can't trust to luck. We've got to try and manage innovation and do so strategically. And what we really need, as well as just being able to manage it, is this idea of dynamic capability. Being able to step back sometimes and reset and revise our whole approach to the innovation challenge. In other words, we need what we might call innovation model innovation. And that's a theme we're going to come back to again and again during this course. <music>